This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Earlier this year, our next guest noted that ChatGPT could pass a typical Wharton School exam for MBAs. And now a new paper says that ChatGPT could actually bring forward higher quality business innovation ideas than MBA students. And it could do so at a faster rate and at a lower cost. Pleasure to be joined by Christian Terrish, who is a professor of operations, information, and decisions here at the Wharton School. He's also co-director of the Mac Institute of Innovation Management. Christian, great to talk to you again. Always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you. All right, so lay this out for us, because I, I know that ChatGPT, really since this all kind of uh, hit the rush over you know a few months ago, has really been at the forefront of a lot of your thinking. You mentioned in the introduction my study on ChatGPT taking my MBA exam, and that's a, an experiment I ran in January of this year, was really blown away by the quality of the results, have found that the latest updates, GPT-4 and within GPT-4, the latest iterations, it got better and better at solving the analytical pro- problems that we teach at the Wharton School. And so I had kind of maybe naively believed that creative work would be the last area in which we humans would be better, superior at solving problems. Now, as you know, I have a long interest in research history and innovation and creativity. And so we thought we would do a little race where we would basically compare ChatGPT versus uh, our Wharton MBA students in coming up with new venture ideas. And so we set up this little horse race. Uh, man versus machine. And, and so you found out that uh, that machine, in many cases, tended to be faster and at a lower expense. So here's the horse race, basically. So the human race was represented by our Wharton MBA students. Now, critics might say that this is no, maybe not a perfect representation, but uh, I think we can all agree that our students are super smart. Uh, alumni from our course have started companies like Warby Parker or Allbirds. I mean, we're talking about the top of the top students in, in the world. And ChatGPT was representing the world of AI. Uh, and so specifically what we did is we had 200 ideas uh, sourced from our students from the last course offering that we offered uh, last year. And we had ChatGPT create ideas for a new venture for college student products in the $50 price category that was mm-hmm. kind of the battleground and we had ChatGPT generate 100 ideas and another 100 ideas from ChatGPT where we see the ChatGPT with having exposed it to what we thought would be great product pitches. So we have 200 ideas coming from the human race and 200 ideas from the machine. And now the question, of course, is like, how do you judge which is better? And so this is not me and my co-authors. I should point to my good friend and colleague, Carl Ulrich, our former doctoral student, Karen Giotra, and our MBA student, uh, uh, Leonard Reinke here. Uh, we didn't just sit down and say, like, oh, this looks good, this doesn't look good. What we did is we did kind of standard market research. We took these ideas and put them out through a purchase intent survey in front of random consumers out of the the target market segment, college students. And then we took those responses and uh, translated them in what in marketing is called a purchase intent probability. How likely, Dan, are you to buy this product? 
And right. the result was stunning, right? The, the result was, on average, the ideas created by the machine were better, uh, 47% versus 40% ChatGPT versus humans. And if we seeded the ChatGPT with good ideas from the past, the effect would even be bigger than that. Seeing this data, uh, Christian, what does it lead you to believe then for uh, for the future, for the, the 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 process of idea innovation? I think there are three takeaways from this. I mean, first, the no-brainer. Anybody doesn't matter whether you're entering a local business plan competition or you're working on the cure for cancer. Anybody should use ChatGPT as an additional channel to come up with additional ideas. It's cheap, it's fast, it's good. What is not to be liked at this? Worst case is you reject all of these ideas and run with your own. But again, our research, I think, speaks strongly to the fact that your idea pool will get better. Second, um, I think that really shifts the bottleneck of innovation from creating the ideas to assessing, to evaluating the ideas. So that right. is always hard. And that's a problem that's not going to go away. Uh, Carl and I have done a lot of research on what we call innovation tournaments, which is kind of a competition of these ideas where you, in parallel, explore multiple opportunities in parallel. And I think that the good news is that through ChatGPT, through generative AI like MidJourney, through forms of AI-enabled coding, it's gotten cheaper to build prototypes, minimum viable products. So the exploration of the solution landscape has gotten cheaper. And then third, I think we should not boil it down to man versus machine. I think we need to find creative ways in which the AI becomes your creative co-pilot. So man with machine, where you then maybe think about the problem that you face creating a new show, a new podcast, you define the problem, turn to AI, you, the AI, generate ideas, you select, since ultimately your job is on the line, you select, and then maybe the AI can help you mock up some, some titles, mock up some prototypes, and together then you will become a more innovative team. Well, let me ask you, because it, what you just mentioned there, I think it brings up the larger question in that, you know, when you're thinking about how ChatGPT is going to be making decisions moving forward, you have to remember that a lot of the data input for the, that decision process is coming from humans in the first place. So realistically, it shouldn't be man versus machine. It would be man and machine or some version thereof, correct? You're right. I mean, you're raising a good point, which ultimately has to do with kind of where do these ideas that the machine spits out come from, uh, which has huge implications for the intellectual property rights here. I noticed that when I asked ChatGPT to write a story about myself, since I'm not super famous, there are not that many places you can go to to learn about Christian Tervish. And so I noticed how the, the essay, the comments ChatGPT does about me and my work, I kind of feel like I've written this stuff myself, right? And so um, I think that raises questions on, uh, on, on copyright in particular of, of who should get credit for the work that comes out of the mouth of the machine. But that being said, when you're talking about, you know, ideas to innovate different businesses and things that, you know, potentially would be changed, bringing them forward in, in a faster mode, obviously you still have to have kind of the go through and, and, you know, making sure that to borrow a term, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Uh, that you're bringing it 
to the market a little bit faster and then potentially having a quicker impact, are you not? There is a hope, right, that we, we don't just use the technology to create ideas, but we will help with the development. And I mean, anybody working in software development has experienced the dramatic uh, productivity boost that we have seen through GitHub Copilot. ChatGPT is pretty good at creating software code. I've played around with MidJourney for doing uh, prototypes, visual prototypes that previously you would spend uh, dozens if not hundreds of hours with some sort of rendering software and MidJourney just pops them out like, like uh, in, within minutes. Um, and then all the way towards other things that you need to do in product development. Market research, I think, has gotten a lot easier where you can interview ChatGPT when you prompt it to represent a typical kind of customer class. So I think we see productivity along the way, but short of our inability to have a crystal ball and predict the future, we just still have to try out lots of stuff. Uh, and that experimentation, again, has gotten cheaper thanks to technology. What do you think then is kind of the next step in the process for you, for Carl and your and your your uh, colleagues on this paper in terms of what you want to look at next? Because the, you've kind of it seems like incrementally taken steps along the Chat GPT path of, of what we are going to see play out. That there probably is that next step that you you potentially want to look at. We really have to look at evaluation at, at selecting the ideas, right? I mean, having. 100 ideas, among them five absolutely spectacular, awesome ideas, doesn't do you any good then unless you know which one of the 100, uh, which, which ones are the, the five chosen ones, right? If, if you just randomly right. pick out of that pool of 100, you might be developing the wrong ones. And so right. the, creating that ability to pick the winners, I think that is going to be crucial. And that's a high hurdle to jump over because we've seen that we humans, including experts like venture capitalists, we're really bad at choosing the best ideas. So that's why crowdsourcing emerged. And I think we have to think about now ways in which we can have ChatGPT combine the human intuition with some crowdsourcing techniques, with some cheap experimentation to help us in selecting the winning idea. Uh, let me ask you a question then. Do you expect that... Uh the implementation uh, of this research that you have done off of your paper, do you think then it is still a little ways off from it being kind of in a, a real-world, everyday business perspective? Absolutely. You can use it right now, and you should use it right now, but you still have to do some work yourself, right? And, I mean, I think that's the good news, and I think that's ultimately the, the world we're all aspiring to live in, is that machine and uh, human being work together. Uh, we were not in a position, and I don't think we want to be in a position, where you just press on go and uh, out comes the next uh, product portfolio for the next five years for your company. Uh, I, I think that is not something we should desire to solve for, and that is something that I don't see happen right now. But I think any innovation portfolio planning team, any vice president of innovation, chief innovation officer, they should make ChatGPT part of their daily diet. Right. I was going to say that the expectation is that this is going to be a key component for a lot of companies as they move forward over the next couple of decades. Absolutely. 
All right. Christian, always great to have you with us. Thanks very much for your time. Great work. We will talk to you again down the road. Thanks for having me, Dan. You got it. Christian Terwish, who is a professor of operations, information, and decisions here at the Wharton School. He is also uh, co-director of the Mac Institute of Innovation Management. By the way, if you want to uh, read uh, the report that they have done, it is available on the Mac Institute website at macinstitute.wharton.upenn.edu. And if you search uh, on the website for uh, Innovation Ideator, uh, you will be able to find the paper there and uh, give a chance to take a look at it. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.